Welcome to another episode of our digitally remastered old-time radio shows from SolvedMystery.com. Visit our website for complete collections of your favorite old-time radio series. Remember to follow us so you won't miss new releases from SolvedMystery.com. The Theater Guild on the Air. Tonight, we bring you Paul Osborne's comedy, On Borrowed Time, starring Walter Houston as Gramps and featuring Glenn Anders as Mr. Brink. As to who is playing Pud, well, we'll have a surprise for you at the end of the program. The sea. Dr. Jim Northrup's family in one of those quiet, small American towns. Perhaps the nicest thing about the Northrup place is the cool, grassy yard shaded by a gnarled old apple tree. Opposite the tree is a screen door leading to the comfortable living room where Granny Northrup usually does her knitting, while Gramps Northrup, on a summer afternoon like this, is apt to be tinkering at his basement workbench on some gadget for his five-year-old grandson, Pud. Before long, Granny will call. Julia? Oh, Hickety. There's your Granny. Where's Hickety, Gramps? Where the woodbine twineth. Julian! I'm coming. Hold your horses, can't you? Here, pal. Hide my pipe under the workbench, will you? Sure. Who's afraid of the female species? How be it more carnivorous than the male? Huh? Not us. Not us. Carnivorous, not us. Carnivorous, not us. When you two get together over some gym crack, you're as deaf as a post. Will you call him, Nellie? Didn't hear you. Come on, give us a kiss. Ah. I hollered loud enough to wake the dead. I suppose you were too busy smoking your filthy pipe. Uh, Dr. Evans said one pipe full a day. Whew. Smells to me like you've been smoking six. Here, Trixie, come on. You go out for a walk with your grandma. Now, I'll thank you not to claim kin to me with that sea bag, Julian. I've got a bag full of fleas. I'll give you one if you say please. There, listen to that, child. Turning your own grandson into a foul mouth like yourself. If you don't mend your ways, Julian Northrup, I'm going to talk to Jim and Susan about sending Pud away to school. Yeah, there ain't no school to take him. He's too little. Dimitri knows a nice boy. Dimitri, a great jump in Jerusalem. I might have known she was at the bottom of this, the old bird stuffer. Dimitri is a fine Christian woman, and I won't hear a word against She's her. She's a bird stuffer. What's a bird stuffer, Graham? Well, it's just a bird stuffer. Adam saw a dog, and it looked like a dog, and he called it a dog. I saw your Aunt Dimitri, and she looked like a bird stuffer, and I called her a bird stuffer. <laughs> You're poisoning that child's mind, Julian Northup, and it's got to be stopped. It's got to be. I'm going up the street to visit a little with Dimitri. I'll be back soon. I'll answer it, Gramps. Hello? Hey, Dr. Northrup, this is Joe Mellett at Gainesville. It's coming, Doctor. The baby's coming. Hey, Pop, it's somebody called Joe Mellett. He's having a baby. 
Tell him I'll be over in 20 minutes. Can you wait 15 minutes, Joe? Well, tell him to hurry. Hurry. He says he's in a heck of a hurry, Pop. Yeah, the father's always in a hurry. Hey, Susan, want a ride? I'm driving to Gainesville. I'd love it. Take care of Pud, will you, Grant? Now, who else has taken care of that whippersnapper since he was born? Whippersnapper, whippersnapper. And stop using that crazy language. Pud repeats it. What crazy language? You know what I mean. Come on, Jim. No. Bye. Hey, you infernal behemoth, shut up. Dixie, you're an infernal behemoth. Infernal behemoth, infernal behemoth. Jim, you call this fast? Well, the road's slippery, darling. Oh. Oh, there's Granny and Dimitri up ahead. They're waving at us. But Jim, stop. Jim, listen to me. Oh, all right. But I'll give you just one minute. Hello, Granny. Hello, Demi. Oh, Jim, Susan, I'm so frightened. There was a man following us. <laughs> now, Nellie, that's all nonsense. What'd he look like? Strange. Awful strange. And the way he looked at me with big black eyes like bottomless it's where I don't know what's got into her. Must be the heat. I didn't see a soul. Why, you ought to be proud there's a man following you, Granny. Shows you're still in the running. Oh, now you yeah. go home and lie down. That's orders. Doctor's orders. Jim, I was hoping you'd be home. I want to talk to About you. About Pud. I don't want him going to a boarding school, Demi. I've told you that. He's got a good home. Well, there's one person in that home who's influence on the boat. Demi, you're my wife's sister, and for some strange reason, she's fond of you. Jim, so you're Jim. welcome at my house, though I wish you'd stop picking fights with Grants. He's an old man, and he's not very well. I pick fights with him. Why, last time... Granny... I... Jim's delivering a baby. I'm afraid we have to hurry. Oh, dear, yes. Run along, Jim. Goodbye. Come home early. Bye, Granny. Bye, Demi. Demi. Look. There he is. Who? Where? That strange man who was following me. He's sitting in the back of their car. to Gainesville on account of that baby, remember? A baby's the dangest, contrariest thing there is. Well, why ain't Granny here? Oh, uh, you know what happens when your Granny and Aunt Dimitri get together. Yeah, better go inside now, pal. Grass is getting damp with dew. Yeah, they'll be all coming home pretty soon. Get your supper. Trixie, <laughs> no, Trixie, now you stay out here now. Go chase your tail around the grass. It'll do you good. I'll sit here on the bench a while. Huh. It's getting dark. It's cold, too. I, I feel so... so... Mr. Julian Northrop, I believe. What's that? Did uh, somebody say something? Most people don't hear me the first time. No. I felt tired all of a sudden. I must have... Say, who are you? You may call me Mr. Brink. I just dropped by to say that you must soon get ready to come with me. Where are you going? Where the woodbine twineth. Where the wood? Well, I just said that. I made it up. Now, looky here, Mr. Brink. I don't know you. I don't know as I like you either. Why should I go with you? Because you're very old and you're tired. Oh, yes, you act hale and hearty. 
But I've watched you when nobody was looking. You're 79. 78. My book says 79. It's almost time for you. Besides, Jim and Susan have come with me. Jim and Susan? Well, you're crazy. They, they drove off to Gainesville this afternoon. People will call it an accident, but they came with me. Jim and Susan went with you? Both of them went with you? Why? Why? When they're both so young. Oh, poor Nellie. It's going to break her heart. And Pud, somebody will have to look after Pud. You can't leave a little tyke like that alone. Demi will get hold of him and she'll break his spirit. No, 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 I, I, I can't go with, with you, Mr. Brink. I, even if I wanted, I... I no, you, you, you run along before... Oh. You see? Your hour is close. The next time I come... No, no. No, I ain't going nowhere. Now you get out of here. You're trespassing. Now get. Well, I'll be lollipopped. He's gone. Julian, who are you yelling at? I could hear you all the way to the front walk. Why, uh, there was a, there was a fella here. Well, I don't see anybody. You better come upstairs with me and get some rest. I, I feel tired, too. All right, Nellie, I'll be up in a minute. that man? You saw him, Pud? Sure, he went past the kitchen window. What do you want? He wanted me to go with him. Where? Where the woodbine twineth. Oh, I know. You mean Hecate. Are you gone, Graham? <laughs> not on your life, I ain't. <laughs> Sir, <laughs> not on your sweet life. record off. Why, Granny? Because it ain't proper to play music in a Christian home so soon after a funeral. You mean because Aunt Demetria says I'm an orphan? You hear that? Aunt Demetria, why that skinny old hobby? Julian? T telling things like that to the boy. If I ever hear that poltergeist... Julian, if you swear anymore... I'm going to swear when I'm nine. Uh, 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 oh, now. but you said I could. Gramps have learned all the words. Julian, did you tell that boy? Quiet, I'm, I'm writing a letter. Who are you writing to, Julian? Reverend Murdoch. Looked kind of shabby when he was preaching that funeral sermon for Jim and Susan. So I'm sending him a check for $50. Now, that's a good deed, ain't it? Even if I say so myself. Hey, Gramps, if you do a good deed, you can make a wish and it'll come true. Who says so, boy? My picture book says so. Don't you remember? You read it to me, the story about the man who did good deeds and all his wishes came true. Mm, must be true, then. All right, Gramps, make a wish, make a wish. Wish me a whole truckload of chocolate bars with almonds. No, 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 wait. We'll just hold that wish till the time comes. And I'll think of something then. Something colossal. Julius, it's just come to me. What's that, Nellie? Pud, you take Trixie out for a walk. But Granny Trixie don't want no walk. Marcy just brought her back. Now do as I say. Oh, all right. Come on, Trixie. Granny wants to tell Graham something. She don't want me to hear. Julian, it wasn't an accident that killed Jim and Susan. Now, Nellie, now you 
You don't believe they smashed up their car on purpose. Well, I was just sitting here asking myself why this cross had been put upon us. What had we done that was bad? And suddenly, it was like... Why, like the hearing the voice of God. It's a judgment on us because of you. Me? You and me both, children. Well... Well, what have we been doing that's bad, Nellie? I, I can't think of nothing, unless you've been up to something. Well, I've been closing my eyes to the way you're ruining Pud. Oh, we can't raise that boy, Julian, all by ourselves. We're too oh, old. Oh, sure we can, Nellie. <laughs> Same as we raised Jim. I'll keep teaching him to cuss, and you keep teaching him not to. Hey, Graham! Graham! Somebody's stealing our apples again! Great Judas Priest! Hey, you blasted young shake folk! If I catch you, I'll give you such oh, a cannon. Oh, Gramps, he got away. <laughs> I swear, I wish that anyone that climbed that tree would have to stay up there till I let him down. Gramps, you know what you did? You made a wish. Huh? A wish. You wished that anyone who climbed that tree would have to stay there till you let him down. Gramps made a wish. Gramps made a wish. Gramps said, oh, geez, Gramps, here comes Aunt Demetria. Oh, heckity. Oh, hello, Demi. I seen you coming up the path. Come right in. My darling, come here to your aunt, Demetria. The heck he will. The heck I will. I hate you. Aren't you ashamed of yourself teaching a child to talk like that, you whited sepulchre? Whited sepulchre? Why, you, you woman of Babylon, you... You poltergeist. Yeah, that's right, boy. Come on. Let's get out of this country, boy. Come on, Trixie. We're going for a walk. <laughs> you hear what he called me, Nellie? He called me. I know. Revelation 17.5. Don't say it, Demi. Come inside. Sit down, Demi. Sometimes I just don't know what I'm going to do. I wonder if you shouldn't bring Pud up. Well, Nellie, it ain't that I haven't thought about it, but, but I couldn't afford to. That is, not unless Jim left the will. Well, he did, Demi. He left $15,000. $15,000? Mm. Oh! Would you like some iced tea, Mrs. Marcy? Yes, I would, Marcy. It's so hot. Bring some for Miss Riffle, too. Won't take more than a minute. Nellie. You don't mean to tell me you've got that Marsha Giles in this house. Well, she came in to help us after the funeral. Why? Well, her and that young Bill Murdoch carrying on just as brazen as you please. And you're allowing a person like that to be around where Pud is. Nellie Northrup. Pud found a new mushroom right under the privet hedge. Well, be careful, Julian. That may be a toadstool. Well, that's what we're going to find out. Pud's waiting till I bring the plant guide. Excuse me, Miss Nellie, I'm in a hurry. Nellie, tell him about Master Giles. Oh, oh, yes. Julian, wait a minute. Well, what is it? Well, it's Marcy, Julian. I, I'm afraid we'll have to get rid of her. I'd like to know why. Well, it seems that she's carrying on with young Bill Murdoch. Good. Fine boy, Bill Murdoch. And you're willing to have that kind of a girl in your house with Pud? Why, she's nothing more than a common little... You're a liar. Julian, don't talk that way to Demi. She knows what she's saying. Well, what do you know? Tell me one thing. All right. I saw them right in Millbower Park. And what were they doing right in Millbower Park? Kissing. Kissing like you never saw. Fair to make your blood boil. If they carry on like that in public, what must they do when they're alone? Great jumping Judas, that makes me mad. That makes me so gosh blame mad. Miss Nellie, if you listen to another word this old hellion says, you're just a fool. I'm plain disappointed you. I'm just plain disappointed in you. Oh, dear, oh, dear. He 
can't call me a fool. He can't say he's disappointed in me. I don't see why you stand for it, Nellie. Uh, Nellie, don't you think I should take Pud's things over now? Pud's things? Yes, and in the morning I'll go down to Lawyer Pilbrings to have the papers drawn up. What papers? Why, about the will and the adoption and all. Now, see here, Demi, I didn't say anything about adopting Pud. You're trying to put words in my mouth. You just said that I should bring Pud up. Well, if I did, I was wrong. Julian didn't mean all the things he says. He's just a rough-spoken man. Oh, dear, I, I just don't feel right. Must be the heat. I, I think I'll go up to my room. You might tell Marcy to bring me some iced tea, Demi. Nellie, just look out that window. There's a boy going up that apple tree. <laughs> Julian never catches him. He always hollers so as to give him time to run away. Well, I'll catch him. You nasty little thief. Come down out of that tree and take the whipping you deserve. I can't. Either you'll come down or I'll have the law on you. You'll do what? There's a boy up that tree. I'm going to whip him for trespassing. Oh, you are. Well, thanks for telling me, Demi. Because seeing as how there's two trespassers here, I'll begin with the one that's handiest. Hey, give me that fence tail, pud. There, there, on the ground. Here, Gramps. Now hit her. Hit her on the rump. <laughs> Julia Northrop, don't you touch me. Then you get off my property. You'll find out whose property this is someday. Now then, you young whippersnapper. Why don't you come down out of that tree? Gee, mister, my britches is caught in behind. Gramps, Gramps, you wish. You see, he can't come down. What wish? Your good deed wish, don't you remember? Rubbish. Listen, you piccalilly apple stealer. You want to loosen your britches and come down out of that tree as fast as you can. But, mister, I... Gee whiz. That's funny. They're loose now. Well, what do you know? I'm coming... Now then, young fella, I'm going to teach you to steal. Please, mister, I didn't steal nothing. Here. And here. Why, they're apples. Ripe apples. Yeah, and the next time you want some, just don't sneak around the back. Just ring the front bell and ask for them. Gee, thanks, mister. Well, so long. That's another good deed, Gramps. That makes your wish twice as strong. Who says so? My picture book said so. Well, must be true, then. Marcy. Marcy, come out here a minute. Yes, Mr. Northrup? Don't you know it's a sin to kiss men in Millbar Park? But, but I didn't. I didn't kiss men in Millbar Park. I kissed only one man in Millbar Park. What'd you kiss him in the park for? Because we were in the park and we didn't think anybody'd see us. Well, don't you know Dimitri's a born snooper? I say bring him up here and kiss him. What? Yeah, bring him up here and kiss him. It's time we had a little kissing around this house. <laughs> How the heck's Pud going to learn about kissing if don't never see any of it. Oh, Mr. Northrup. <laughs> you, uh, you in love with him? We've been engaged all summer. Mm -hmm. I thought I recognized the symptoms. Bill's got only one more year at law school and then we'll get married. He took highest honors in his class last year. Tell that to Nellie, will you? And when you and Bill see Dimitri in the park again, make Bill give you a good big smacker right in front of her like this. <laughs> Marcy? Marcy, where's my tea? Yeah, now you go tell her that Bill got highest on it. All right, Mr. Northrup. Gee, Gramps, I wish Granny would knit two bumps on the front of my sweater the way Marcy's got on hers. What? <laughs> well, not that there ain't something in what you say. Say, Gramps, say, I want to steal an apple, too. Boost me up the tree. Oh, oh you, you don't have to steal. Oh, all right. One, 
two, pop, you go. You know, Gramps, I can't get down to you let me. Why not? Because you wish nobody could come down to you let them. That was your good deed wish. And you did another good deed, and that made it stick double. Did it? Well, now I'm liable to keep you up there all week. Maybe a hundred years. <laughs> Depends on how I feel. Well, I think I'll stroll down to Millbar Park and pick up a few fossils for our collection. Oh, wait a minute. I'm coming with you. Gramps, I can't let loose. <laughs> of course you can't. <laughs> you got to hang up there on that limb till I release you from a magic spell. Let me down, Gramps. Please, my arms is tired. <laughs> oh, no, sonny. You, you can't go breaking my spell like that. Gramps, let me go. Please, Gramps, please. Oh, well, all right. All right, let, let go, pal. <laughs> What's the matter, boy? What's the matter? I couldn't let go. Of course you could. No, I couldn't, Gramps. My hands wouldn't move. The tree was holding me. Now listen, you little puddle whopper. That old apple tree couldn't hold nobody. Yes, it could, Gramps. You wished it could. Your two good deeds wished it double. You think so, Pud? You really think so? Golly, I'd like to get Aunt Dimitri up that tree. <laughs> Wouldn't that be something? blind children who can't see their daddies, children who need your help. Operation Eyesight can do a cataract operation for just $25 so the curably blind children of the third world can see. You can help with a donation to Operation Eyesight Universal, Box 123, Calgary, Alberta, T2P286. Operation Eyesight helps millions of people to see. You can help too. Please? You are tuned to FM 105.7. C-H-R-E. The curtain rises on the second act of On Borrowed Time, starring Walter Houston as Gramps and featuring Glenn Anders as Mr. Brink. Just set it down, Marcy. Is there anything wrong, Mrs. Northrup? You sound so... I guess I'm just kind of tired, Marcy. I'll go to sleep in a minute. Marcy, just see that Julian always has his pipe. Will you do that? Why, yes, Mrs. Northrup, but... You're I... a good girl, Marcy. Now hand me my knitting. Here you are. Get a nice rest. Don't you think you've done enough, Nellie Northrup? That you, Julian? Why is it grown so dark and the canary stops singing? It's Mr. Brink. You're to come with me now. Come with you? Oh, I remember you now. You're the man who followed 
me the day that... See here, what call have you got to come button into my bedroom and frightening my canary? It ain't proper. You'll feel better with me. You know, I'm not so bad as I'm made out to be. Well, you might as well sit down and wait then. Because I ain't gonna stir till I finish this mitten. Julian says there won't anything keep his hands warm in winter but a pair of my mittens. That those button things you get at the store, they're, they're no good. Julian's headstrong, you know. He goes out in all kinds of weather. Are you ready now? Now, now wait just a minute. I'm almost finished. There. That's got it. Don't that red stripe look pretty with the gray? Very pretty, my dear. Come now. Give me your hand. Yes. Yes, my hand. Don't you want to come inside now? It's getting dark. Supper's nearly ready. All right, Marcy. <laughs> Miss Demetria came over again this afternoon, Mr. Northrop. Ask about your health. And those she dragging been over every day since Nellie's funeral, just waiting for me to die. You've got to keep your strength up, Mr. Northrop. Besides, when you don't eat, Pud doesn't eat. Yeah, that's what Nellie said. Pud mimics everything you do. If I only I'd got there in time, Marcy. We had words before she died, and... I never got there in time to say I was sorry. She would have forgiven you anything, Mr. Northrop. Oh, I forgot. Here's your pipe. My pipe? Oh, I... I don't think I'll ever smoke again, Marcy. Nellie didn't like it. But she did, Mr. Northrop. Just before she died, she took hold of my hand and said, Marcy, see that Julian always has his pipe. Did she? Give me that pipe, Marcy. <laughs> I'll go finish supper. Bud. Yeah? Gonna have supper in a minute. Oh, I'm not hungry. Yeah, you gotta eat, boy. Hungry or not. <laughs> down, Trixie, down. There's only you and me and Trixie left now, Pud. Three of us, we gotta keep up our strength. Yeah, gosh darn right. That pipe tastes good, Grant? Mm, better than anything I know. <laughs> you shouldn't cuss, boy. Why shouldn't I? You do. I know. I shouldn't either. Your granny didn't like it. Now, let's you and me turn over a new leaf, huh, Pud? What for? So your Aunt Demetri won't say I'm a bad influence on you and try and take you away from me. Ah, uh, we'll kill the old pucker push. Hush, 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 hush. All right, that's the old leaf. Now, go on in and wash. And try some soap this time. Okay. Now, Trixie, you stay out here. Marcy will feed you later. Call me when the table's set. Good evening. Can't I ever shut my eyes without you buttoning in? Well, I thought perhaps you'd like to come with me now. No, I can't do it. I, I got, I got Pud to take care of. I'm all he's got now. I... I'm sorry, but you have to come. Just, 
Just give me your hand. Yes, my hand. No, 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 not yet. Not, not yet. Please, Mr. Brink, do, do me one favor before I go. Well? Could I have one of those apples? I haven't even tasted one this year. Why, of course you may. Would it be asking too much if you'd uh, get it for me? I'm not as spry as I used to be. Why, of course I will. Hmm. Guess I'll have to climb up. Let's see now. Oh, wait a minute. There are some nice ones up on the branch above. That's better. Now, which shall it be? This one? Or this one? I don't want either of them, Mr. Brink. Because now I've got you up that tree and by jumping Judas, you ain't coming down. You, you don't know what you've done, old man. You don't know what you've done. <laughs> I know what I've done, all right. I got you trapped, Mr. Brink, tied in a boat in the monkey wrench. And you're going to stay right up there till I let you go. <laughs> Pause now for station identification. You are listening to the Theater Guild's comedy on Borrowed Time by Paul Osborne. played by Walter Houston, has just tricked death in the beguiling person of Mr. Brink up in an apple tree. Gramps wants to keep on living so as to bring up his orphan grandson, Pud. But the boy, shrewish Aunt Demetria, wants to bring up Pud herself and get Gramps out of the way. Demetria Riffle, Doctor. I want you to meet me right away at Julian Northrop's house. What, Miss Riffle? Something terrible's happened, and you're his doctor. I'll be waiting in the yard beside the apple tree. <laughs> Mr. Pelbeam, something terrible's happened to Julian Northrop, and you're his lawyer. I'll be waiting for you beside the apple tree. Mr. Pelbeam, Dr. Evans, I want you to meet a friend of Julian's. His name is Mr. Brink. He's up in that apple tree. I don't see anyone up there. Oh, no. You can't see him, Dr. Evans. He's invisible. But he's what? He's invisible, Mr. Pilbeam. But Julian saw him and Pud saw him. And when Trixie touched her nose to the tree, she fell over dead. That's why they're burying her now in Millbower Park. That's not a very funny joke, Miss Riffle. What would you say if I told you I believed it was the gospel truth? I'd say you were crazy. Oh, you would? Well, Dr. Evans, I don't believe it, but Julian does. He says he's having those men build a seven-foot fence around that tree because anybody who touched it would die. Touching that tree, in fact, is the only way one can die. There is no more death in the world, Dr. Evans, till Junior lets Mr. Brink come down out of that tree. Now, now, you don't think Mr. Northrop really believes that? I think his mind has snapped, Mr. Pilbeam. Julian Northrop is crazier than a loon. Uh, Miss Riffle, 
If Julian Northrop should be insane, you'd have charge of Pud, wouldn't you? Naturally. I'm next of kin. Yes, that's what I thought. Mr. Pilbeam, I intend to get that boy away from this insane man's house before something terrible happens. Dr. Evans, there is a way of acting fast in such cases. If I think Northrop's crazy, I'll talk it over with the head of the state insane asylum. Look who's back again, Graham. Ah, with Pilbeam and Evans, huh? So, you told them all about it after I told you not to. Is it true, Northrop? Just as true as I'm standing here. I got him up there, all right. I've got to figure out what the heck to do with him. Now, look here, Northrop. Can you talk to Mr. Brink? Sure. Then talk to him now. Mr. Brink, uh, you're not mad at me, are you? I think I might be permitted a slight irritation. Say, uh, I got an idea. Come here, Demi. Mr. Brink, you see this old scarecrow? Her name is Demetria Riffle. Have you got her down on your book to... Snuff her out? Ripple? No. Well, Mr. Brink, I'm going to keep you up there till it's time for you to exterminate her. Them's the terms. Well, you heard him, Demi. Oh, Julian, I'm sorry for you. I really am. You mean you didn't? Pillbeam. Evans. You heard him. I'm sorry, Northrop. No. Didn't no, no one hear what he said? He said... I think I might be permitted a slight era, era, irritation. Irritation. Northrop, I want to show you something. Now, you keep away from that tree. I'm going to pick one of those apples and no, eat no, it. No, no, Evans, now listen to me. Todd, give me that hammer. This one, Graham? So you call darn fool, those apples are sure death. You take one tip toward that tree and I'll bang you. Oh! All right, Northrop, I just wanted to make sure that you weren't joking. Are you going to be home tonight? I've got to talk to you. Sure, sure, come anytime. But leave that female Judas behind you. It's Dr. Evans. Mr. Northrop, I want you to know I'd do anything to help you and Pod. Thank you, Marcy. This way, Doctor. Yes, this is my this is my workshop, Evans. Nowadays, I just make things for Pud. Uh, by the way, you haven't met Willard Grimes, have you? I've been telling him about Mr. Brink and the apple tree. Now, what do you want to go and do that for? Northrop, I was just going to ask you to come along with me and talk it over. Another fellow I'd like you to meet wants to hear all about it. No, no, I reckon not, Mr. Grimes. You see, I don't want any more people knowing about this thing till I find some way of proving it. I figure that... Oh, uh... what's the use, Evans? Now get this straight, old man. I'm taking you to the state insane asylum. You're... You're taking me to the insane... Well, Dimitri's behind this. Where is Demi Evans? She's outside in the car. Yeah, waiting for Pud, huh? Look, Mr. Grimes, there ain't nothing wrong with me. That's what we want to find out. If you're all right, you go home again. Now, are you coming along like a good fella or else? Well, so it looks like I got to, don't it? All right, I'll... All right, I'll come along. Oh, uh, wait, uh, my badge. Uh, I've got to get my badge like a wearing parades. I'm a Spanish-American war veteran, you know. Fine, fine. You couldn't march without your badge, no, now, no. could you? No, here it is. Now then, you fellas better set. Hey. Put that gun down, Lawson. Let me do the talking, Evans. First of all, I ain't going to no crazy house, and second, that old she-cat ain't getting put. But... Maybe, maybe I've got to prove what I say about a certain Mr. Brink. It's useless, Northrop. Be reasonable. Now, wait a minute. You got your medicine kit with you? Yes, why? 
Well, got anything in it? Uh, poison enough to kill a fly? Well, as a matter of fact, I have a potassium cyanide solution, but I... All right, I'll make a bargain with you. You best take it, too. Because if you don't, I'm liable to go wild as all get out. Well, let's hear your bargain. All right. Now, you take the worst poison you've got in that bag and put it in a tumbler. And catch a fly and put him in the poison. If the fly dies, I'll go to the insane asylum. And if he don't, I stay here. Oh, oh listen, Grimes, I know I can kill a fly. What do you say? All right, it's a bargain. All right. You get the poison, Evans, and I'll get the glass. Mr. Grimes, you catch the fly. This stuff is strong enough to kill an elephant. Mm -hmm. And use this tumbler. Where's the fly? Uh, wait. There's one. Got him? Got him. Now, don't get so excited, little fly. Pretty soon you'll be buzzing around good as new. In you go. Hmm. Ain't much of a swimmer, is he? I'll hold him under with the tweezers. Yeah, yeah, let him get his belly full. Well, I, uh, I think he's had time enough. All right, take him out. Lay him down there in the paper in the workbench. Looks kind of sick, don't he? He's dead, Nautilus. Now, wait a minute. Give this fly a chance. Not a stir out of him. All right, Nautilus. A bargain's a bargain. Look. Look, he moved. I don't believe it. He's moving. Drunk as a coot, but he's crawling right across that dang piece of paper. You didn't give him enough poison, Doc. Why, I don't understand it. He's had enough to kill a regiment. Well, now, will you believe what I'm telling you about, Mr. Brink? I don't know what kind of a trick this is, but I came to get him, and I will. Remember what you promised, Grant. What's a promise to a lunatic? Oh, you don't believe it, huh? Even after I proved it to you. You crazy fool. Don't point that gun at well, me. Well, maybe there's another way of proving it. Evans, at this close range, if I shot Mr. Grimes through the belly, he'd die, wouldn't he? Well, yes, but... All right. Now, that's just exactly what I'm going to do. What have you done to him? He'll be dead in an hour. Oh, stay up that tree, Mr. Brink. If you come down now, I'm in a heck of a fix. <laughs> third act of On Borrowed Time, starring Walter Houston as Gramps, featuring Glenn Anders as Mr. Brink. So great is Julian Northrop's love for his grandson, Pud, that he even succeeds in evading the dark visitor who someday comes to summon every mortal man. By ruse, and by a miraculous power of his own, Julian imprisons Mr. Brink in an apple tree. The neighbors, of course, believe that the old man has lost his mind and should be removed to an asylum. And at last, in desperation, Julian has been forced to test his triumph over death by shooting a man point blank. I, uh, I asked you to drop into my office this morning, Kilbeam, because... Something has happened that'll turn the world upside down unless we stop it. You mean, uh, Northrop? 
He shot Grimes last night. Huh? He shot him three times in the abdomen. Grimes had internal hemorrhages. It was an hour before I could get him to the hospital. What did he shoot him for? He was experimenting. Experimenting? You mean he killed a man? He just... didn't kill him. According to everything I know about medicine, Grimes should have died, but he didn't. By some miracle, he's still alive. Oh, that's funny. It's funnier than you think, Philbin. I have been up all night trying to kill something. I've experimented with everything that I can lay my hands on. Insects, bugs, stray cats, every dog I find. I couldn't kill a single thing. Nothing except a mouse. And do you know how I killed that? I tied it to the end of a fishing pole, and I touched it up against that apple tree. Good Lord. You mean what Northrop said about Mr. Brink was true? All I know is that the old man is not crazy. I asked him to come here, too. He ought to be along any minute now. What are you going to do? I don't know. But if there's anything up in that tree, it's got to come down. It's got to come down. Oh, there you are. Howdy, Pildeem. Howdy, Evans. How is Mr. Grimes doing? He seems to be doing all right. Oh, glad to hear it. <laughs> Nasty accident. Well, sir, <laughs> what can I do for you? Uh, sit down, won't you? Northrop, I, uh, I owe you an apology. Oh, no, not at all. I wouldn't have any respect for you if you believed a thing like that right off. <laughs> You're a doctor. My boy Jim was a doctor. Yes, I'm a doctor. Uh, let me tell you about some of my patients, Northrop. I have a man who, for ten years, has been in constant pain. Yesterday, I took the last chance and operated on him. It wasn't successful. He's in more pain now than he ever was. I hoped that he'd die last night. He didn't. Oh. You remember uh, Mrs. Trenner, Northrop? Yeah, the, the nice old lady that used to have all the dogs? Yes, she's been bedridden for three years. She hasn't a penny left, nothing to live for. Her only one idea is is to die. Well, that's two, and I'm just one doctor. I'm one doctor in a little town. The world must be full of people like that. Well, if you're hinting for me to let Mr. Brink down, you're on the wrong track, young fella. No more death. Think about that a minute, Northrop. Nobody died last night. Nobody is going to die tonight or tomorrow night. Nobody is going to die until Julian Northrop says they can Five years from now, the world will be so overcrowded and so full of disease and pain, it won't be fit to live in. But you don't understand, Evans. I, I, I'm not doing this just because I want to. I'm not, I'm not doing it for myself at all. You've got to let him down, Northrop. I've got to think of Pud. Pud can't get along without me. Well, think hard, Northrop. By the time Pud reaches 25, you'll be, what, 98, 99? You'd only be a nuisance to Pud. No, 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 I wouldn't. Oh, no. yes, you would. Now, let Mr. Brink down today, Northrop. If you don't, I'm warning you. I'll do everything in my power to make you let him go. Sheriff, just read the decision at the end. It is the order of this court that said Julian Northrup be committed to the Gainesville Institution for the Insane and that the custody of the child, John Guilford Northrup, be awarded to his aunt, Demetria Ruffle. Well, Doc, you kind of got me fixed up good and proper, ain't you? All right, Pud, you're coming with me now. No, I ain't, I ain't. Let go of no, me, you no. she-cat. Pud? Oh, Pud. Gramps, don't let her take me, Gramps. Uh, I, I'd like to speak to Pud a minute, if you don't mind. All right, we'll wait outside. 
Come on, Sheriff. Let's rip I'm going away, Pud. Where, Graham? Where the woodbine twineth. You going with Mr. Brink? Take me too, Graham. Oh, no, I, I can't do that, boy. You've got your whole life ahead of you. Don't want my whole life ahead of me. I want to go with you. I love you, Graham. <laughs> you shouldn't love me that much, boy. You see, Pud, I, I've been thinking it over, and maybe it ain't such a good thing for you to be living with me anymore. Maybe your Aunt Dimitri ain't such a old poltergeist as we thought she was. Don't you love me anymore, Graham? <laughs> sure, boy, sure. <laughs> but, well, it's just that I've, I've got to go away now. You don't love me anymore. Now, wait a minute, boy, wait a minute. You don't love me anymore. Well, what about it, Northrop? All right, I'm coming. Demi, will you be good to Pud? Will you see that he gets some fun out of life? I will, Julian. I have wonderful plans for him already. I'm going to send him to Miss Ramsdell's school in the fall. Well, that's a girl's school. Not anymore, Julian. They're going to have two little boys next year. You make Pud a sissy? By jumping Judas, you're still a poltergeist. I've changed my mind. I'm going to stay here and take care of Pud. Northrop, how can you take care of Pud if you're in the asylum? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it looks like you kind of got me hogtied, all right. Marcy. Marcy. Coming, Mr. Northrup. Marcy. Uh, pack Pud's things and get into Miss Riffle, will you? Miss Riffle? You think Pud's going to like that, Mr. Northrup? You can't help it, Marcy. I, I've reached the end of my rope. Well, Mr. Brink, looks like the time has come. Yes. Time has come. I'm... I was going to let you down as soon as you'd got word that you could take Demi. Don't suppose you got word in the meantime? No. There's been no call for Miss Ripple. <laughs> there probably won't be for years. What's that? Did I understand you to say that you were supposed to take her an hour ago? No, no. I said probably wouldn't take her for years. Well, I'll be... Well, why didn't you tell me, Mr. Brink? If you're supposed to take Demi, too. But I'm not supposed to take her. Well, now, this changes everything. Demi, we'll go together, just the two of us, like old friends. Dr. Eh? Evans, there isn't anybody up in that tree, is there? Mr. Brink, I was wondering if you'd do me another favor. After you've taken Demi, would you just slip the sheriff in for good measure? Oh, no, no, Stop no. In. Oh, this is the wildest absurdity I ever heard. I have absolutely no authorization to take oh, any of these people. Thank you, thank you, Mr. Brink. I appreciate that. Well... Well, now, you two come along, now. Demi, you hang on this arm, and the sheriff, you can hang on this one. I'll lead the way. You can't frighten me, Julian Northrop. I didn't hear a thing up that tree. Not a blessed thing. Neither did anybody else. Well, well, I did, Mr. Mitria. I heard him. What? What's that, Marcy? I, I said I heard him, just as plain as I hear you. What did he say? He said if he, if he could just come down, he'd take anybody Mr. Northrop asked him oh, to. That girl can't hear a word, I say. She's the most inordinate liar I ever met. He didn't, he didn't say he was going to take me, did he, Master? Oh, yes, he did, Miss Riffle. He, he said he was going to take you first. I never said any such thing. You hear him then, Marcy? Yes. What did he say? Now, be careful. He said, please hurry and let him down, because the one he's really after is Miss Riffle. Yep, that's what he said. <laughs> well, let's get started. I'll say the magic words. Line up, you two. Here we go. Off 
to glory. Where in the wood find twine? Stop that monkey business and let me and down. I shine. Somebody stop him. We'll do anything you ask us to, Northrop. I'll tear up the court order. Look, it's, it's torn. You don't have to go to the asylum. Julian, please. All right. But keep your hands off my boy, Demi. I will, Julia. And keep the heck away from me, too. I'll keep the heck away from you, too. Now get out of here, all of you. Get off my property. <laughs> I never knew Miss Riffle could move so fast. <laughs> oh, Marcy, I love you. By Judas Priest, I love you. Now there's nothing in the world can stop us. Just you and me and Pud. Which world do you mean? What's that? I... I don't quite understand, Mr. Brink. Of course not, my poor man. What did he say, Mr. Northrup? He said, uh, my poor man. I don't like the way he said it. No, I don't like the way he said it, Marcy. Like a needle, and it won't hurt so much. Oh, oh. There. 
Well, Doc, he, he'll be all right, won't he? Northrop, he'll never be able to walk again. Never be able to walk again? Oh, no. To drag around all your life. I can't let that happen to him. Never. Here. Come along with grandson. There, there. I'll hold you so it don't hurt. Northrop, where are you going with the boy? Wait here, Doc. But Northrop. Mr. Brink. Oh, it's you. Why did you do it? Why did you do it? My poor man. I didn't mean to hurt the boy. It was an accident that he fell off the fence. I planned to take him. It was the only way out. Already there is so much anguish in the world because you keep me here. And every hour makes it worse. Mr. Brink, will you take us both now? Gladly. Come on down, then. Oh, my back hurts so. Just a minute, boy. Here's Pud, Mr. Brink. No, you first. Just touch my hand. Well, well, he was quite a load before. Now he's light as a feather. Take Pud, Mr. Brink. Yes, now. Hello, Mr. Brink. Are we dead, Gramps? Uh, must be. I feel like a two-year-old. How about you? I feel like a two-year-old, too, Gramps. Come along now. We have to hurry. I'm way behind schedule. Where are we going? You'll find out. Anyhow, we'll be there together, won't we, Gramps? You darn right we will. You darn tootin' right. Julian, Julian, you have to use such language in front of the boys. Well, what the heck do you know about that? Nellie ain't changed. She ain't changed at all. For the Theater Guild on the air includes Homer Fickett, director, George Condolph, producer, and Armina Marshall, executive director of the radio department. Music for tonight's play was composed and conducted by Harold Levy, and the play adapted for radio by Kenyon Nicholson. Your announcer, Norman Brokenshire. Thank you for joining us and enjoying our digitally remastered old-time radio shows from SolvedMystery.com. Please remember to leave us a review and to follow us for frequent releases.